0: 2016 was a difficult year for race relations in the United States. As we celebrate the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King, we wanted to share an interview we hope leads to better understanding for parents raising children of a different race. Dr. King wasn't interested in a world where no one saw color. He desired a world where people saw color but saw no difference in it. At the Tapestry Conference this past October, I had the opportunity to sit down with Nissia Murray. Nissia has been a longtime source of encouragement and mentoring and a voice of hope in helping white parents know the world their black children are growing up in. Joining us right now are Kayla North. Hello. And Nissia Murray. Hi there. Nisia is a mother of two. She has two boys, right?
1: A oh, boy and a girl. boy
0: and a girl. And which one's 15 and which one's 18? The girl
1: is 15. Okay. And my son is um,
0: 18. And you've been married for 21 years. Yes. To Rusty? Yes. Nisia came to answer questions that those of us who are not black but have black children how we can do better as parents with those kids yes anybody who's paid any attention to the nightly news over the past couple years know that we seem to have an increased awareness of racial tension in our country absolutely how do we talk about these racial issues with our kids without instilling any more fear that they might already have in them
1: well, I think it's very important for first the parents to be correctly informed. And if we're, if we're given good information to our kids, I think that we have to talk to them in love and not in a manner that's frightful. Giving them all the instruction that they might need, um, all the information that they might need, but say at the end of the day, there is still hope. Mm. And that at the end of the day that God is in control and that despite everything that's going on in the world, mom and dad have your back. Mm -hmm. and that we are Mm -hmm. here for you and that we love you. And I think that that helps settle some fears um, that might come about in talking about some real issues that are going on here in America. Mm.
2: So what do you think are some of the biggest things that we as parents need to talk to our kids about? Just, I mean, we talked a little bit in your session. You talked about safety when you're out. Right. But what do you think are some of your big issues?
1: Well, I just think that, you know, to start... um, First, they might have to just really come to terms that there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Even though people mm-hmm. say, There is. I, I see no color, mm-hmm. there is color, and it and that just can't be helped. That's the way of the world. Mm-hmm. And you might want to love without color, but the world won't let you do certain things mm-hmm. if that's what your belief is. Yeah. So some of the real issues are recognizing that, okay, yeah, um, you are a black boy, your friends are white. There's going to be a difference a lot of times when it comes to school opportunities, things like that. But what you have to do is give of yourself a hundred percent. You've got to be a stand-up guy or girl. Yeah. You've got to be a kid of good character and believe that you're um, a giver to the world instead of a taker. Mm. You know, you want to do the right. Teach them to do the right thing. Yeah. When it comes to that, first of all, let them know that there is a difference. Um, some of the issues that are going on, the, not everything's fair. That's another thing that, you know, we talk about. Mm-hmm. But to continue to work for fairness or justice, to um, stand up for something, yeah. you know, not just sit down and let the rest of the world deal with it. And, right. You know, I tell my kids they can't put their head in the sand and let things go on around them. You know, we want to talk about it. We want to talk about the, the fact that they're... Um, um, young men dying and, and young women dying unnecessarily.
0: Right.
1: And we just want to talk about what the right thing to do is and if they find themselves in a position of compromise um, or if there's a an, an issue where they feel like their lives might be at stake, how to try to do what they can to settle themselves so they can make good choices. What we want to say to Drake all the time when he goes out is... Not only have fun, but get home safely, by -hmm. any means necessary. Get home safely. We used to not have to say that. We used to just say, have a good time. We'll see you tomorrow, or we'll see you later on. But we have to say, get home safely. And we have to walk through what the scenario might be. Mm -hmm. This is what you have to do if you are ever pulled over. This is what you have to do if you are questioned. Just remain calm and, and speak clearly. Don't make any sudden moves. Be honest. Steer clear of present danger. Right. Just be smart. You know, at the end of the day, they really have to be smart.
0: I think the preparation part is probably difficult for a lot of us who don't have to think about those sorts of things. Absolutely. My little guy's only five right now, so preparation for him is very rudimentary in that regard but yeah that's some of the stuff i've already started thinking about as he gets older how oh, are we yeah. going to approach this and what's the appropriate time for doing it and that kind of mm-hmm. thing so
1: absolutely at five you want to teach them that law enforcement are designed to help you you shouldn't be afraid of law enforcement uh, but the conversation does a change at, at some point mm-hmm. yeah. and so that's something that we have to be real about
0: a lot of people have the perception of the large black man being mm-hmm. a threat just mm-hmm. without no, you know, opening his mouth. Mm-hmm. Or I'm already afraid that's my child because he's only five, but he's bigger than everyone else in his class already. And yes. so that's always something that my wife and I are cognizant about.
1: We used to always tell Drake, if there's a fight, always run the other way because mm-hmm. you're the big black kid. And even though you might not have been in the fight, if you're the last one there or if you are seen leaving the scene of a fight, you mm. are going to be singled out because mm-hmm. you're the big black kid. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he's been uh, blessed by not having ever, he's always uh, laughs and says, I miss every fight. Every time there's a fight, I miss it. And you're and like, like, good. And I said, that's protection. <laughs> you're like, that's because I've been praying for that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I said, that's protection. So, you know, you want to make sure you only hear about it and you miss that all the time. Mm. So it's very, wow.
2: Important. yeah, those, those are things that for a long time, I just didn't want to think about. Mm -hmm. There were things that I was like, I just, I'd rather pretend it didn't happen that I didn't need to think about those things, you know, but those happen
0: in other places. Yeah. yeah,
2: It's not going to happen near us. It's not going to happen where we live, you know, but we used to live in a really small town and our kids were the only black kids in town. And so we would go anywhere and people would watch us and stare at us. And I could see my, I have an eight-year-old son who's black, and then I have an eight-year-old biological daughter, and the two of them are like two peas in a pod. I mean, they do everything together, go everywhere, but I can see the difference in the way people look at my blonde-haired daughter versus my black son. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see the way he is treated differently when they do the same things, Mm -hmm. and that was really what made me go... I have to pay attention to this, and I have to talk to them about this, and I have to talk to her about standing up for her brother. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I have to talk to him about being respectful of authorities Mm -hmm. and because he's, he's goofy, and he's silly. And to me, I know he's being goofy and silly, but to other people, it doesn't always come across that way. As they got older, he's been with us since he was four, and so as I've seen him grow the last four years, I've been like, wow. You know, I have to tell him when we go places, I'm like, take your hoodie off hood down. He loves to wear hoods on. And I'm like,
0: yeah, we're kid outside. Doesn't? I know yeah.
2: outside. A friend of mine recently told me she told her husband's a police officer and she has two black sons. And she said, and she's not black. And so she said to me, she said, I, my husband said, our kids are not allowed to play with weapons outside of our house. He said, they can't. That's mm-hmm. real. And she said, she was like, okay, okay. You know, and she realized that but it was hard, and other people didn't. And I just thought, wow, I'd never even thought about that. But mm-hmm. that's true. I mean, you, it's a toy gun. You can't take it outside and play. We don't. Yeah. We just don't play in the front yard with toy guns. Absolutely. We just can't.
1: Absolutely. That's
2: off limits. Yeah, yeah. And my, my older son loves to play with, um, like, airsoft guns and stuff like that. And they look fairly real.
0: Yes, the airsoft and, guns look very real. Yeah,
2: and I'm like, I. it never occurred to me. That we would let him play with them without any bullets in him. He would just joke around with them and they'd pretend to shoot at targets and stuff. It never occurred to me that his younger brother is going to think, well, I can do that too. And I'm like, I, we've got to stop that. Mm-hmm. You know, it Absolutely. just, those kinds of things that, that I would have never thought about had I not had these conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so critical.
0: Missy, yeah. one of the things you talked about uh, from the stage was having a love circle that includes people who look like our children. And I know that for some of us, we have difficulty just because of maybe the way our interests are, where we work, where we live. We have difficulty including people who look like our children in our love circle, even if we are very earnest and want to do so.
1: Well, it's interesting um, it, it, well or sad that you find yourself to be an adult. Someone missed it with you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So they didn't ensure that you all, as younger people, uh, found yourself with uh, a diverse circle of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you find yourself as an adult and you're loving on a child that's black or of color and you don't have friends. You're not already equipped with friends Mm -hmm. that, you know, Hey, these are lifelong friends that are of mommy and daddy's that we've always been friends with them. And then, you know, eventually your kids begin to love and then they learn how to love people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, so the tough part is, is that you don't already have friends. You have to be very intentional. So you have to have a genuine heart about going about bringing in someone um, into your circle. It doesn't mean you go to the grocery store and the first black you see, you go, "Hey, there's a friend, a potential friend, a potential a mentor, or whatever for my kid." Because everybody's not going to be that for you. Right. Everybody that you see, if you're going to try to find a diverse circle of friends. You're going to have to go about it the way you find people that look just like you.
2: Mm.
1: However, you may have to go someplace different. Where is your son getting his hair cut? Mm-hmm. Is he getting his hair cut at great clips? Are you taking him to a barber where there's maybe a potential black mentor in there?
0: Mm.
1: Are you taking him to a church or her to a church where there is black love there?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you taking them to an event where you might be able to connect with somebody Mm. and then eventually your kids can connect with someone? Um, So you have to really do your homework. Um, Where can we go? What's happening in the city or what meetings are going on? You really have to, you know, if you don't know anybody, Mm -hmm. then you might have to ask somebody. Something drastic that you might have to do is move Mm. if it's a big enough deal to you. And it's a concern. Sometimes you have to step outside and say, you know, I got to get out of rural white America and Mm -hmm. and go and move where my kids can see something else. Make that trip to Atlanta where it's rich in history. Lots of museums and things that will help your kid identify with whom they are, whether they're from this country or not you've got to do something different and sometimes it's going to have to be something drastic. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, and if you have to do that, if your love is that big for your kid and it's that important, you'll do it.
2: Mm. You'll do it. My mom friends that have done that. Yeah. They've just said, we're just, we need to move. And we actually did move to a much more diverse area. Mm -hmm. We moved from a very, very white, I mean, kind of out in the country is the city that we lived in. And we moved to, a very diverse neighborhood. We have a single black mom that lives across the street from us Mm -hmm. and she has a daughter that's the age of one of my kids and they have become best buddies Mm -hmm. and we play and we have conversations and I stand and talk with mom out in the front yard and they've, Mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've just started a relationship, you know, a friendship. And as when we go to the park, we see kids that don't look like us, you know, and we're like, I love that our kids are getting there. You know, my, one of my children, we homeschool, but one of my kids is in public school, and I walked into her class, and there might have only been one white child in that class for my black child. So it was beautiful. I mean, you know, it was, and it wasn't all black kids. It was all diverse. You know, it was different ethnicities that were there, and it was beautiful, and I loved that, and I, and I said, I'm glad we're in this place.
0: Missy, to follow up on something you said, Uh, a few minutes ago as we're trying to immerse our kids in a culture they can better relate to. What about those of us who've adopted children from another country whose culture isn't really rooted in anything we've grown up with here in America? How do we better help them?
1: Okay, so two things. First, realize that no matter where they were born in America, they look black. Mm -hmm. Whatever part of Africa they may have come from or whatever area of the world, they're going to be black at the end of the day.
2: Mm.
1: The other thing is, is that um, you should definitely look for uh, community groups or organizations that can help your child be more aware of their culture that they come from. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you can put them in dance classes you can put take them to it i mean there's so many activities that go on and at least in atlanta i know yeah. there are mm-hmm. but i'm not sure there about are in you, dallas but too. you have to you you have to take the time to search those things out mm-hmm. and you'll find community groups and this is going on or that's going on this festival is going on you got to get your kids immersed in that kind of stuff yeah. and teach them you know if you get the opportunity ever take them back right. there are movies there's music Expose them to all that. The food, if you can.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, my goodness. you mean, just put it on them. And then guess what you'll get um, at the end of the day? You'll learn, too. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you can do to try to expose them. The differences should be celebrated. Yeah. And the differences should be... um, uh, Time's got to be invested in the differences. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that to me, that's really important. I mean, I have a sister-in-law that... um, you know, she didn't have a. She was adopted by a white family, and they mm. didn't take the time to deal with her hair, mm. so they cut it off. Mm. You know, they yeah. kept her hair in a really short afro. Well, of course, now her hair is here long because she was. You know, she grew up and learned. Mm. But there's just things that you just you just want to make sure that you don't ignore. Um, yeah. the the obvious differences. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was one thing you said earlier that I really liked about when we're teaching our kids especially when it comes to the safety issue as they get older that one of the things you always want to make sure that you're talking to them about is keeping hope, that there's always hope. At the end of the day. And I thought to myself that is something that I think a lot of people, especially white people like myself overlook I think when we think about Dr. King. Dr. King was never afraid to go right after the injustices that were in front of him. But he always had that message of hope behind it.
1: Exactly. My mother always said that. She goes, no matter how hard things get um, or difficult things may seem, she goes, at the end of the day, there's hope for change. There's hope Mm -hmm. for you know, overcoming all this. Mm -hmm. So there's just, you know, just they remain hopeful. And I think that that eases fear and that eases anxiety and things of that nature. And,
0: you know, a lot of us can see the hope that has made those changes. I think because of who and where we rest our hope in, if we remain steadfast and faithful, we see the change that we really want.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: I'd like to thank Kayla and Nasia for being on the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: If you have a question for us that will fit into 140 characters, you may tweet it to us at TapestryIBC. If you require a bit more room, you can email us at tapestry at Bible.org. You may also find us on Facebook at TapestryIBC. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or on the Google Play Store. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from this podcast, we would appreciate a review. You can find more resources on our website, tapestryministry.org.